Is it possible to punish an offender and help them at the same time? The Downtown Vancouver Community Court assigns offenders to restitution projects at the very social services that can help them. I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation, and in the following interview, I talked to Crown Prosecutor Adam Dalrymple about the Downtown Vancouver Community Court's approach to combining community service and social services. Hi, Adam. Hello. I wanted to ask you about a presentation you participated in today at Community Justice 2012, which really focused on community service. I think Vancouver's downtown community court has been able to achieve something that a lot of community courts strive to achieve, which is a kind of community service that not only seeks to improve the community, but does something for the defendant as well. And I wonder if you could sort of explain to me how your community service works and and how you meet the needs both of the defendant and the community through your community service assignments. Well, the first step was identifying the needs in the community. The downtown east side of Vancouver is an area marred by drug addiction, mental health issues, homelessness, and poverty. We also knew that there were a number of social services in the community. And the key was trying to connect or link the offenders to those social services. What we did was, through our community work service program at Community Court, we attempted to organize these programs and have our offenders go to these programs based on their social needs. And how we went about doing that was through a motivational interview with a probation officer. So once an accused or an offender was deemed suitable for community work service, they would go upstairs and have a meeting with a probation officer. And the probation officer would employ the motivational interview, which is designed to elicit information. Um, it's reflective listening and engagement from the offender. Ask the offender, you know, what do you think the problem is? Or do you have housing? Do you have employment? Those sorts of things. And then based on the answer, that and officer would match that need with a placement in the community at one of the various outreach organizations. For example, um, with women who may have come in uh, committing a theft under $5,000 or a shoplifting, they may, have, they may have been victims of domestic violence in their past. So the idea was, why don't we place them with the women's shelter on the downtown east side? It's a safe environment uh, for them to go to, uh, for, to give back to their community. Um, learn about the various resources at the shelter, such as obviously shelter, housing, food. They have outreach workers there. So they're actually doing work for the shelter as they learn about what the shelter provides. So they are, they're, they're sorting clothing, they do administrative tasks, they're cleaning, they're um, serving food. So they're working at the shelter and at the same time they're learning about the services that may assist them or help them in the future. And so in a way, we are sort of killing two birds with one stone. And at the same time, we're connecting these social services to the court and the offenders of the court to the social services. We're really rebuilding a community that was fractured. And are there other examples? So a defendant who has a history of domestic violence, that sounds like a natural fit, have her work in a shelter. Well, for example, uh, we have individuals who don't have stable housing or are new to Vancouver. There's a large um, population in Vancouver that are from other provinces and other countries that are on the downtown east side using drugs and things of that nature. They don't have stable housing, so we would refer them to a shelter where they'll complete their community work service. They may serve food there, they may engage in janitorial duties, um, administrative tasks. The idea is to open their mind to 
all the resources that are really at their fingertips that they may have not been aware of before. We had one really good example of an individual from Edmonton, Alberta, who recently moved to Vancouver, didn't have a lot of connections, didn't have a home, did his community work service for a minor offense at a shelter, and now he's thriving. He feels like he's part of the community. He actually returns to that shelter and plays ping pong and chess and things of that nature, and now he feels like he's a part of that community and we haven't seen any recidivism with respect to him. Was it a hard sell to the community at large? I'm just speculating that in some instances someone may feel that it's too good for the defendants. Uh, It's not hard enough, or uh, I just wonder if there's any pushback. We haven't experienced any pushback. In fact, most of the community is quite practical about um, community work service and educating them as well with respect to the principles of restorative justice and the idea that if you can restore the offender who's part of the community, that can pay itself forward many times over. This is someone who, if they are linked up to to shelters, to housing, to food, they may not need to steal from the local market. They may not engage in criminal activity. So this has benefits for everyone, and we've, we've only received quite positive feedback. And was it difficult to find partners willing to take on defendants? I mean, presumably they're working with similar populations, but were there new issues of supervision or compliance monitoring that uh, needed to be put in place for the program to work? I wasn't responsible for setting up the program, but what I can tell you is that certain placements have restrictions. For example, they may not want um, a sex offender working in their facility, or at a women's shelter they won't have men. We respect those rules. We have open dialogue with these organizations. In terms of compliance, the organization or the placement tells us if they've provided compliance. And I mentioned... um, We have worksheets that are completed by the organization, and when they're submitted with respect to compliance, we'll actually go and pick them up so that we have direct communication and dialogue with the organization. It uh, keeps our sort of our thumb on the pulse uh, of the organization, and it allows us to continue building those relationships. Are there plans going forward to expand or other thoughts about community service that you perhaps are picking up here at the conference or you guys are already working on? Well, an idea that we're sort of thinking about is community work service as a means to really engage the community and strengthen the ties of the court in the community. And that's one thing that I've discovered in preparing for this presentation is that um, a lot of the organizations are quite familiar with community court. They care about community court. And if we perhaps we reached out to even a broader group of groups and organizations, it may increase the profile of the court in the community. And that's always a good thing. Have you noticed from your contact with American prosecutors a difference in their approach or attitudes towards community court or specific strategies or obstacles that they encounter that perhaps you don't encounter in Canada? I've learned a lot about the difference between the Canadian and the American community court models. One important difference is how the the profile within the community. The American courts um, are more active with private sector funding, marketing, reaching out, whereas in Canada uh, we have been relatively reluctant to do that. That's the one major difference as well. I've also learned from speaking to my American colleagues that their courts deal with a lot of quality of life type crimes. In Vancouver we deal with quite a number of serious offenses in our community court. We deal with domestic assaults, we deal with fraud, we deal with weapons offenses, we deal with break and enters of commercial premises, assault causing bodily harm type offenses. So it represents an opportunity in Vancouver because we deal with such a variety of different offenses. 
Adam, thank you very much. I've been talking to Adam Dalrymple, who's a Crown Prosecutor with the Downtown Community Court in Vancouver, Canada. We've been talking about their approach to community service, among other things. Adam, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. To hear more podcasts, you can visit our website at www.courtinnovation.org. Thanks for listening.